Welcome, misfits, miscreants, spooks, specters, astral beings from Dimension X, alien envoys from galaxies near and far, and all of you boogers from around the world. You are listening to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very summer camp slasher co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Have you been slashing anyone at the summer camp, Faith? I I have been, yes. Kids or counselors? All of the above. They're all fair game, aren't they? Yes. So we are continuing our season-long watch of the ninth season of FX's award-winning horror anthology series, American Horror Story, 1984. If you are a first-time listener, welcome to the program, and thank you for tuning in. If you are a return guest here in Cozy Corner, welcome back, and thank you for your continued support. We both certainly appreciate it, and as always, you are the reason we do the show. Faith? A lot of stuff went down on last week's episode of 1984. It did. I'm going to give a quick recap. Let's go for it. <laughs> now, this is not this episode. This is the right. one that we, we talked about last week. We had a circle jerk, mm-hmm. a marching band watching a circle jerk, decapitation, and Satanists. Man. <laughs> I know. It's a lot to take in, right? Tell somebody about the episode and just tell them that. Right. I don't think they'd want to watch it. <laughs> Secrets and betrayals came to light, Faith, and some more bad juju went down in this latest episode entitled True Killers, written by Jay Beatty and directed by Jennifer Lynch. Faith, you know who Jennifer Lynch is, don't you? I do. Who is she? It's David Lynch's daughter, of course. We love David Lynch here on the Late Night Fright. We do. This episode summary is brought to you by the good people at Wikipedia. Wikipedia doing my job for me since last week. Wikipedia, it's not lazy. It's efficient. <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Here we go. So there will be spoilers from this point forward. If you have not seen the episode, you have been warned. Get out. If you haven't seen the episode, get out. Mm-hmm. And then come back. But come back. Yes. Yes. It's an ultimatum if there ever was one. <laughs> Here we go. Through flashbacks, it is revealed that Montana and Ramirez became lovers after meeting at Montana's aerobics class. At that time, she enlisted Ramirez to murder Brooke as revenge for the death of Montana's brother at Brooke's wedding. In the present, Xavier seeks out Bertie, the camp cook, for assistance, but Richter discovers him. Richter locks Xavier in the oven and turns it on, though a fatally wounded Bertie saves him. Now severely burnt, Xavier mercilessly Mercifully, sorry, not mercilessly, mercifully kills Bertie. Brooke, meanwhile, falls into a trap set by Donna. Ramirez tracks Brooke down after being tipped off by Montana, but Richter appears. Ramirez and Richter fight with Brooke escaping during the chaos and Ramirez apparently being killed. Richter visits Margaret, who reveals she was the actual killer in 1970 following bullying at the hands of the other campers. Richter, blamed for the killings, was subsequently subjected to terrible treatments. Say that fast five times. Subsequently subjected to terrible treatments during his time in the asylum. Margaret shoots Richter. Trevor arrives after hearing the gunshots, and Margaret kills him. Xavier, after encountering a wounded and apparently merciful Richter, is found by Brooke. They meet up with Chet, Montana, and Margaret, who lies that Richter killed Trevor. Elsewhere, Donna witnesses Ramirez being revived by a supernatural force. Faith, that was, of course, brought to us by the good people at Wikipedia. They did a great job. The drama inflections were all my own. I'm not going (laughs) to let them pick I did like your storytelling voice you had going on there. And I even got through that uh, pretty wicked alliteration there, (laughs) subsequently subjected to terrible treatments. So, well... You know, we're delaying the inevitable here. Faith, what did you think of True Killers, 
the fourth episode of American Horror Story 1984. Again, I think this episode starts off uh, strong and it keeps it up the whole time. That's what she said. There <laughs> so it is. I really, really enjoyed this episode. I, I've, I've been enjoying the whole entire season so far. I want to say this at the outset. I've been enjoying this way more than I thought than I thought I would. <laughs> this has been a real revelation. Now, I will also preface this conversation with I have only seen Murder House. I have not seen any other complete season of this series. So I can only compare it to Murder House. I think they're different. Um, you know, it's apples and oranges. Right. I think they're both great. This is wonderful, and it keeps getting better for me. Me and too. apparently the ratings are going down the further they get really? into the season. Yes, this was the lowest rated episode of the season. Uh, I, I I don't know. Um, here's hmm. my notes on, on this episode. I like how the series gives you immediate answers. The big question from last week is answered immediately in the beginning of the episode. So you get your cake, but you get to eat it as well. And this isn't as flashback heavy an episode. But it does give us some twists and turns and never loses the momentum that they have established, that breakneck pace that we talked about, literally breaking necks at some points. <laughs> um, and I'm also amazed that they've kept the momentum going, considering we're four episodes in now. And it's essentially been one night and really barely an hour in that night or something like that. <laughs> like this, It's not a very long time frame we're dealing with here. I'm really enjoying the way that they're telling the story. They're handling all of this. I think yep. it's wonderful. So. Uh, did this episode meet your expectations after last week's breakneck pace third episode slash dance? And are you still slash dancing when you're alone in your room? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. What a feeling. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it actually did. Like you said, it, it it keeps getting better and better each episode. So I'm more surprised with all the information and and I'm not as confused and I get confused again, you know? <laughs> right, right. I I it. Yeah, it met my expectations. I was not disappointed. Right. It, it, as I said, it answered the big questions that I had. Right. Gave me enough new questions to keep watching, exactly. but <laughs> it didn't leave anything major hanging. Right. You know, I don't feel like they're they're keeping information from me. It's all being revealed in a very mm -hmm. natural way. I really like the way they're telling the story, and I cannot believe I'm so impressed that they're keeping this going with a slasher story, which is, I think, I a, a miracle. I know. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of the features we like of this series is we both really like the music. This episode wasn't as music heavy as the previous episodes. I think we only had one song, which was Rebel. Two songs. Oh, we had two songs. We had Leather and Lace during the Birdie and Richter scene. We did, didn't we? Yes. yes. Okay. We did. Okay. And then we had uh, Rebel Yell by Billy Idol. What did you think of the use of the music in this episode? I liked it. I think kind of the lack of it. Would you agree? I feel like it it means that it's becoming more serious, possibly. Yeah. You know, I feel like the music was like, oh, it's fun. It's summery. And then it's like, oh, the lack of it's like we're kind of. Getting, now we're getting to the know, real to the real that's, shit that's as it is. kind of what I get from it. Yeah. Um, the Billy Idol tune, of course, is period specific and very, you know, uh, I think used appropriately for the mm -hmm. period. And you get a great line out of uh, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. You know, Billy Idol knows the truth. Mm -hmm. I like that line. Do you think the rebel yell though? Because they could have just as easily used "White Wedding," which been a, would have been appropriate. True. Uh, do you think the rebel yell was a little nod to Billy Lord's parentage? Maybe. <laughs> and we all know who Billy Lord's mom is. I have no clue. I'm just <laughs> Princess Leia. I know. 
I've I've said this before how much I enjoy her on the show, mm-hmm. but how how do you feel knowing that Carrie's legacy and I don't mean oh her daughter's working in show business, right. but that wit that Carrie had that Billy seems to have gotten at least <laughs> enough of it to where you go, Oh yeah, that's Carrie's daughter. Exactly. Does that make you feel good knowing that Carrie's legacy is going to at least be Absolute, with us for absolutely. a few more, you know, yeah. yeah, I'm not wishing any ill will on Billy Lord, right. but you know, as long as she's out there working, you know, it's going to be mm-hmm. with us because I, 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 I loved Carrie. I so, well, this episode opens with a flashback and answers a few of our biggest questions from last week, Montana. And here's my note played by the awesomely radical Billy Lord, is indeed in league with Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, and we are now certain that she is after Brooke, and we know that it was her brother that was shot at Brooke's wedding. It was pretty much just like we called it. Obviously, we saw it coming, but what do you think about this plot development? I first would like to say, you know, you you mentioned Billy. She is incredible in the beginning, in the opener. So Oh, when she's coked up teaching aerobics to to Rebel Yell by Billy Idol? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, she's and she's, she's awesome. uh and she's busting their balls. Yeah. You know, that is just yeah, she's she's been the biggest discovery of this for me because mm-hmm. I did not watch Scream Queens or mm-hmm. or any has she been on American Horror Story before? Not that I've seen her. I've only seen two or three seasons before this. But so. she was on Scream Queens that Ryan Murphy did. I know that. I think I've never seen that. See, either. I didn't I didn't watch it when it was on. I really only know her from, you know, the appearances she made in the two Star Wars movies she was in with mm-hmm. her mom. And so she's been a real revelation to me and mm-hmm. she's got the good. She really does. Um, did you, I mean, like I said, we called this. So, I right. mean, did it, were you surprised that, no. that it was as cut and dry as it was? No, not really. I mean, like I said, you, you, would, you would come up with this idea and I was like, that's actually really clever. <laughs> so, no, I wasn't really surprised to see it, but I'm glad that they, they showed us Finally, what had happened. I like the way it's like developing. Right. And they didn't leave that hanging, like I said. Right. They go ahead and they give you the information. Right. Which leads into my next bit of bit uh, mm-hmm. business here. We asked another question last week about Margaret mm-hmm. and what her involvement in all of this foolishness is. What did you think of this plot development? Another one that we saw coming. And we did say that she was involved more than. <laughs> and you actually said, I have a feeling she's the real killer. Yeah. Me and my sister watched this. And I think the first episode, we both were like, she's got to be more involved than she is. So it's it's not a shock completely, but I like the way, again, how it was told, how everything was unfolded with the flashback and stuff like that. I think it was nicely done and I'm not really shocked. They, they really, they really did their work on, you know, how they're going to, uh, the questions are setting up and the reveals mm-hmm. because it feels like they know what they're doing. This is not just kind of happening by circumstance. It right. doesn't, I feel like we're in the hands of good storytellers yeah. here. Yeah. So here's my big question. This is something that has been on my mind a lot. If we've seen a lot of this coming, because we called both of these, mm-hmm. uh, do you have the feeling that they're going to pull a fast one on us at some point? And do you have any idea what that might be? Because as I said, everything we're looking at going, well, this makes sense. This makes sense. You know, we see this coming. Right. It, is there going to be something, you know, that we don't see? Probably. I feel like we will. I feel like it's related to Brooke. I think Brooke is not as virginal and mm-hmm. uh, sweet as she is being made out to be. Yeah, I, I think so. But um, again, it could be anything <laughs> the show, you know, you never know. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely feel like. I feel like there's going to be a major twist uh, possibly yeah. in this next episode because we have 10 episodes. I did get verifications from you. 10 episodes. We're coming up on the fifth episode. Okay. I feel like there's going to be that midpoint mm-hmm 
switch. Yeah. And we're going to, it's going to be about something else. That's, that's my thoughts yeah. on it. So I see it happening. Me too. Uh, here are some questions for you and our listeners to ponder. Uh, is Mr. Jingles a villain? And do we think he's going to have some kind of redemptive arc? As of right now, I, d- I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know anything. I, I don't know really what's I going on know. with him. Because obviously he did not kill them right back in the day. But he sure has taken out some of them here in... Um, on this night. Maybe he'll come back and try to save them or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> I knows? think there's going to be some kind of redemptive arc with him. I don't think he's a clear-cut villain. Right. like uh, something. There's going to be some sympathy to him, possibly like with Jason Voorhees in the Friday movies. I was just thinking More that. Jason than Freddy. Mm-hmm. Because Freddy, there's no... <laughs> there's absolutely no sympathy with no. Freddy. But uh, speaking of Mr. Jingle's... Do you think that there's something going on here with MK Ultra programming? If you're not familiar out there with MK Ultra programming, it's very easy. Look it up. It is um, it's some wicked, nasty stuff. It's mind control, brainwashing that was brought over from Germany. Operation Paperclip. Look it up. The information is all out there. If I go into it, we'll be here for hours. Um, <laughs> It's out there in the public, though. This is not something esoteric. This is out there. There is verified that they have done these things. Do you think this is about MK Ultra, or you know, they're just kind of touching on it? Did you get an MK Ultra vibe? I, I did. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's quite possible. I mean, again, I don't have a full answer for you, so I'm just gonna say maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, I I do think it's in there. You know, in Stranger Things in the first season, especially MK Ultra is very prevalent mm-hmm. with what they're doing with Eleven and things like that, and. Uh, MK Ultra also works into um, some satanic ritual abuse and brainwashing and programming these uh, snipers and assassins. It's it's some really chilling stuff, and this is not a conspiracy theory because it has been documented that these things have indeed happened. So look it up. Look it up on YouTube. Look up MK Ultra glitches. Those are a lot of fun to watch mm-hmm. too with some famous people. You've seen you've seen some I of have those, haven't you? <laughs> do you uh, do you think all that's real? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I do. Too. I, I do think that this is going to play into this show because he has been led to believe that he is, right? Yeah, you know, the killer. Uh, here's a here's kind of a fun question: Are we positive that Margaret is praying to quote unquote God? Because I have this feeling that her God is not you know. I was going to say I God, think it's Father, her God, Father of Jesus Christ. I believe her God is indeed the Dark One. I think so too. <laughs> Beelzebub. She mentioned something about praying in a pool of blood or something along those lines in the latest episode. I can't remember. Right. And then she takes the Jingles mask and puts the uh-huh. red blood cross on it, which mm-hmm. reminded me of like a dark Passover or something. Mm-hmm. It, it was, there's some creepy. I'm telling you, I've known from day one, this lady was oh, yeah. <laughs> she was not all holy and nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, like yeah. She claimed to be. <laughs> and we are completely speculating here. I know that we don't have any positive answers here, but. Do you think the big twist might possibly involve the supernatural element that's happening here or maybe something else? Possibly. I mean, I really don't know. What do you think? The supernatural element is going to come into play at some point. I mean, it's obvious, but what's, you know. Right. What's going to happen? <laughs> right. I don't know if you know? they're going to pull a sixth sense one on us and like they've all been dead the entire time. Right. Um, one of the more interesting theories I read on Reddit was, uh, and I don't know how legit this is, but that this is actually a movie that the characters are watching and that we're going to learn that actually then we're actually going to be following the actors. They're going to pull back and we're going to see if they've actually been filming a movie. Hmm. 
I don't know where this theory comes from, but I went, that's neat. I it could is. see it's that happening. Clever. Okay. Yeah. I, I like that idea. I don't, I don't know. You know? I don't know it's, it, This is what's so much fun about the show. I'm really, not a lot has happened in the show plot-wise. They've been running from, from, <laughs> from these two killers. But uh, I've, I'm surprised at how much I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. I am too. So, well, let's get into it. Our favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will go first if that's right. okay. I liked uh, Xavier in the oven. That mm-hmm. reminded me of something out of Hansel and Gretel with the witch. That's also on my list. I liked uh, just the plot point of it. Him putting just that fact that he put him in an oven, I which I thought was just so gnarly. And I also really liked the makeup that they put on the actor mm-hmm. after he had been burned. I thought that was. Uh, Really great. And I like how he got out of it because I thought they were about to kill him. I thought I re- so too. I really did. Um, what do you have? Um, I really like that birdie and jingle scene. I don't know why. There's it was a great just scene. something really good about that was a great the way scene. it was done. That ties in uh, with my second thing here. Uh, spending a little time with Chef Birdie and then I have in parentheses. She's good people. Yeah. We didn't get enough time with her. Yeah. She might be back though. You never know. She probably will. <laughs> you never know, especially in... Uh, in flashbacks my next one is uh well i already mentioned this but i'll mention it again it's worth repeating uh billy lord's performance in the mm-hmm. aerobic scene i think she's just she's something yeah um i like when jingles finds out that it wasn't him in that little flashback moment i really like john carroll lynch is really good in this mm-hmm. he's bringing um depth to the slasher mm-hmm. which is great i don't think they're overusing him or underusing him. you're getting enough of him right and you're feeling something for him, which I think is great. And, you know, we mentioned, was it the last episode or maybe the first one, how we didn't like that he could speak? Now I'm all on board now with I'm all, it. Yeah, exactly. Right. I was watching. I was like, okay, I get it. And I'm okay yeah. with it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it, too. Uh, I like the Freddy versus Jason homage mm-hmm. when uh, the Night Stalker and Jingles were facing off. And when I was watching it, <laughs> I imme- I just immediately went, that's Freddy versus Jason. Exactly. The way, even the way they shot it and the way they were fighting. And listen, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm great with it. <laughs> Did you have any other favorites? That we, we, we pretty much have a very similar list. So that's well, all I've got. We have to talk about something now that I really don't want to talk about. The part that you hated the most. Yes, Faith. I hated this part the most. I know you did. They killed Trevor Kirshner, a.k.a. my favorite character on the show, a.k.a. Big Dick Playa. It's so sad. This music sums up my feelings about what happened to Trevor Kirshner. Hold back your tears. I'm dedicating tonight's episode to Trevor Kirshner. I have a feeling we're going to see him again on the show because of the supernatural element. But I'm going to miss him. Me too. Was he your favorite character on the show? One of my favorites, yes. Uh, Montana and Trevor, which mm-hmm. is... That's for you, Trevor. Faith, you have an interesting theory. You think he might have been a ghost the entire time? Possibly. We don't know, do we? No. <laughs> do we, we know, know anything? <laughs> we don't. I know that I'm sad because they killed the big dick player, Trevor Kirshner, played he'll by be, Matthew Morrison. He'll be back. I'm sure of it. Yes. Did it break your heart, though? Yeah, it did. I need you to feel my pain. I here, feel right? it. I feel it. All right. Do you have any predictions for next week's episode? Not a clue. <laughs> 
None here either. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we will be doing American Horror Story 1984, a season-long watch of it, along with Shudder's new streaming series, Creep Show, based on the classic 1982 film directed by George A. Romero and written by Stephen King. So we're going to be doing those concurrently. We just finished up Cage Match Monday. <laughs> Tears were shed. Taps was played. <laughs> and uh, so... All of those episodes are available wherever podcasts can be found. But we do want to announce that we will be doing Mac Attack Mondays. We're going to be following True Detective Season 1. We're going to be doing one episode a week of that. We'll be giving you our thoughts on that. So we're going to be continuing American Horror Story 1984 and Creep Show. And then, of course, Faith on Wednesdays. What do we do on Wednesdays? Wonderful horror movies that we love so much. The Late Night Fright Proper, continuing October with classic Universal Monsters. Well, Faith, I feel like we laughed. We cried. You cried. I did cry. <laughs> Faith saw me. She was kind enough not to say anything. I laughed at him. As he, as I cried. So, Well, until next week when Trevor Kirshner hopefully makes a glorious return appearance to Camp Redwood, I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want you to keep Keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash. See you on the other side.